and welcome to Take It or Leave It, an advice-ish podcast for parents. You can download this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play Music, CastBox, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Be sure to subscribe and give us a review with your thoughts about the show. Thank you to Hot Mess Mosier, who said, I love this podcast. I found it a couple of months ago and binge the first two seasons. I work in a factory and listen while I'm at work. You guys have me laughing so hard that I'm legit crying and all my coworkers turn and stare at me and I can't even contain myself enough to tell them what's so funny. Thank you. Thank you, hot mess emotion. <laughs> I love that people listen at work. I just love that people listen. Me too, general. but I kind of feel like... It's always a surprise. I kind of feel like at work is a really good place because maybe you'll enjoy your job more. Yeah, but also you might get fired because Meredith no. is inappropriate. So. Well, don't listen to me unless you have earbuds in. Good call. All right. I'm your host, Meredith, from That's Inappropriate. And I'm your host, Tiffany, from Juggling the Jenkins. This podcast will discuss all things marriage, motherhood, and everything in between. Please remember, we're not professionals at anything you may actually need. So any advice we give you, you can take... Or leave because it might be crap. On today's episode of Take It or Leave It, we're going to talk about Weight Watchers introducing a new app that is designed for children. Uh, we're going to talk about are we actually doing enough to prevent bullying in schools? And in our Love and Marriage segment, we're going to discuss uh, do you put your children, do your children come second in your marriage? Do you put your spouse first? Is it even possible? Is it a is it BS? We're going to talk all about that. Sweet. We have a very special guest with us today. I would like, we, <laughs> I would personally and only like to welcome Dr. Holly Hatcher Frazier of the Bold and the Beautiful and Dance Moms to the show. I had to put in that Bold and the Beautiful. I was so excited that she was on an episode of the Bold and the Beautiful. I was talking to her about it beforehand. So now that's part of her title. Yes. <laughs> cracking up over here <laughs> my mother would be so proud mother. i love it i can't wait to tell them today so i guess what my intro said i love it i have arrived that's great yes. oh my god that's awesome oh, that made my day thank you ladies well welcome 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 So we generally like to start the show with a mom fail moment, just so that people know what they're dealing with. Like none of us are perfect. We have no idea uh, what we're doing. And uh, we would love to hear from you if there's a particular time that stands out in your mind that might be considered a mom fail. <laughs> it's so funny that you start off your segments with this because honestly, I feel like I have those on a daily basis. And I'm thinking of when I was like, oh my gosh, what could be, what would be a good one? I have so many to choose from, but I would say the one that, because our kids also remind us frequently when we have those failures and they keep me humble mm -hmm. by every stretch of the imagination. But a particularly bad one for me was my oldest son who I just dropped off to college yesterday. He's going into his junior year. And I remember it was his junior year in high school. And I was signed him up for the SATs. As a good mom, I was working remotely. I was in LA. He's in Pittsburgh. And I'm trying to maximize and do everything for everyone. And I'm like, oh, I can register you for your SATs. No problem. I'm doing it online. And when he goes to take his SATs or his form comes back, he's like, my birth date is wrong. Oh. I wrote his wrong birthday. <gasps> his SAT registration form. So yeah, that was pretty bad. He's like, how could you mess up my birthday? A <laughs> for effort. SATs. Yeah, that was, that was good. I was like, it was just a typo. Just a typo. Yeah. I mean, you were there. You remember. I was like, I remember <laughs> the day very, very well. Yeah. Just because of remember it very well. That's what's really important. Right. But yeah, he, he did not appreciate that at all. It took a while to get that cleared up. Oh my god. Oh yeah. That has to be a pain. Cause that's one of those like legit form things. Oh, absolutely. And because they check your birthday, you have to come with your a driver's ID license. and everything has to be in accordance. And I'm like, your mom goofed up your birthday. Like really? Yeah. So. That's a red flag. That's like, <laughs> your mom should so know your birthday, dude. Like who uh -huh. are you? Firstborn. Yeah. <laughs> oh, right. that's exactly. That's a major fail. You oh, had one job, so lady. One you, job. Well, no, but we all we all do. My husband, every my husband. If you asked him right now on the spot what my daughter's birthday is, I don't think he could tell you. Tell me right now, honey. What is it's four or five? He he always he doesn't know because her brother's the other. 
my my daughter's birthday is, is 2409, but he always tells me it's the 5th. And it's like, no, it's not. It's the 4th. But he does know the month and everything else, so we'll give it to him. I forget my kids' okay, names. Okay, it's close so enough. <laughs> yeah. We all forget our kids' names. We call them the other names or the dog's name oh, or the cat's name. Absolutely. Yeah. That's... No question. Each other's names. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, thank you oh, so much for uh, sharing your moment with us. Also, shout out to your son for making it to college because some of us don't. <laughs> <you know. laughs> um, he landed well. <laughs> Dr. Holly Hatcher Frazier is an actress known for Todrick Hall Freaks Like Me, The Bold and the Beautiful, and Dance Moms. She's been married to Evan Frazier Sr. since 1996. They have three children. Dr. Holly Hatcher Fraser Fraser is a member of Lifetime's hit reality show Dance Moms, inspired by her own childhood dance experiences. Dr. Holly enrolled her daughter Nia in the Abbey Lee Dance Studio yeah, to foster right. Nia's love for the performing arts. Having worked as an educator for nearly 20 years, Dr. Holly served as the director of admissions at the Ellis School in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and later accepted the position as principal of the Winchester Thurston School in Pittsburgh. Words are hard. <laughs> so many schools. Um, Winchester Thurston School in Pittsburgh. A consummate professional, unlike me, <laughs> Dr. Holly often received criticism on Dance Moms related to her desire to maintain her career while supporting Nia's dance and I give up, Meredith. Take over. Her dance aspiration. She made uh, the tough decision to resign from her duties as principal to embrace motherhood as a full-time job. So, so many I mean, big words. And your, and your resume and your bio just continues to go on and on and on. <laughs> um, first of all, principal of Winchester Thurston School reminded me of, um, yes. this is so random, but like Gilligan's Island. Do you remember the character from Gilligan's Island, the, the How Thurston Howell? No, all right, okay, just that... me. I th yes, I do remember. Yeah, I but I was Gilligan's like, oh my Island. gosh, they have a yeah. Gilligan's Island school in Pittsburgh, and then I was like, no, wait, this is legit. Like, this is the real deal. <laughs> but I, I wish we were right. on an island. No, we didn't. Have yeah, to but no, but away. but um, you, it had to be really hard doing so many different things and then having um this role uh on dance moms and taking all this flack all this heat because you were still pursuing and chasing and doing and dreaming alongside of of your daughter so do you want to absolutely i think one of the hardest things for me and for any mom whether you're working inside the like at home or outside of the home, it's being a mom is a full-time job. Never stop being a mom when you step foot out of the door or you stay inside. You're doing that constantly. And one of the things that I found was most troubling was that when I was working as a principal, which I absolutely loved and enjoyed immensely, the challenging part was I would leave the house early, 6.30, 6 or 7 o'clock, and then go in the morning and go to work. And then you're just shifting gears and I'm working all day there till five. And then I'm running from there to go to the dance studio to film dance moms. And it was, I was never getting a break. And I was also working on my doctorate Holy at the same time smokes. too, as finishing up my dissertation. And it was at that point that I realized like something has to give. I can't continue this long term. You can't sustain. I could do it for a short stint. So I did it for a season and a half of the show. And after a certain point, I was, I just had to come to terms and I had a conversation with my husband, and my family, and just said, at, at, we have to make a tough decision. And for me, it was hard because I worked so, for so long to get to that right. point of being a principal and having it all and um, being a working mom, um, fulfilling my career and my, my desire to, to be in education, to get my doctorate, and then all of a sudden to put it on like kind of a sh on a shelf for a while so we could pursue this other avenue that was really a dream of Nia's to be a part of this show, which no one expected it to take off like this. I thought, oh, I'm, I would be gone mm -hmm. for a year or two. And it's been several years later, but it's something I would do in a heartbeat for any of my kids. If someone had, uh, if any one of them had a, a dream that they wanted to pursue, mm -hmm. that's what we do as moms. You and you put, kind of put your kids first and you're selfless. Like that's what you just do. And it was, I tried to do it for a long period of time, but I think what I showed my kids was really the fundamentals of what it means to work hard 
and not get discouraged, to take um, challenges and adversity and rise above and not feel as though you're, you've given up. And even when I decided to resign from my position, it wasn't because I resigned under like negative circumstances. It was just was the right, right. timing for our family. I wanted to put my family first at that point, rather than saying, okay, I have to do this because of appearances and I don't want to look like a failure or I don't want people to think that I can't do it all. Because I think sometimes as moms, you feel like you have Mm -hmm. to have this cape and this S on your chest, like superhero mom. No, I think what you want to do is be the best mom and the best person you can be. And for me, for Holly, it was an individual decision. I couldn't do everything at the same time. I had really hit the wall. I'm like, I can't do everything. And so I just made a personal choice. Of all of my priorities, what was my greatest priority at that time? And so I was fortunate that I was able to stop working at that time at the school because I was still working, but I was working right. for dance moms. So it was a yeah, career change. Yeah, and, and such a vast career change. You know, I mean, like, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I never but seriously, <laughs> exactly. though, I mean, because you're, you were a principal at, like, a principal at, ah, well, I don't know. I mean, I guess you're on dance moms, you're definitely wrangling people, too. Well, you I know, was able you, to use the same skill sets. And I was going to say. Like, yeah, I used the same skill yeah. sets I would use at the school, whether they were in, with kids or with parents or my faculty. I still used a lot of the same things I would have a communicate and deal with conflict and resolve them. Yeah, they came in true. handy. I used a lot of it, that, those techniques. I just think that they probably have a different level of um, prestige for people. Like when you tell people on a reality TV show versus, Oh, I'm a principal. People have a different way of looking at you. That's, I think that is just, just a public appearance and perception of your career. I mean, also filling out your, any application when they ask you who your employer is. I mean, some things definitely look more professional than others. I mean, right. Educator sounds better than reality TV, but <laughs> it just it, looks better. <laughs> it pro- I'm, I'm sure that it provided a springboard into all kinds of other new opportunities though for you. Right. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. There, I am so thankful and so feel so blessed and fortunate to have been a part of dance moms as an original cast member to say that I was there from season one yeah. and to be part of an incredible cast of people, the moms, the daughters, the the teachers, the production and crew, just to be a part of that entire experience. Like I really do think uh, the cast as, as well as the crew, they full um, engaged with it, um, mm-hmm. as well as young people, for better or for worse, also were watching the show because they love the girls. I think the girls mm-hmm. that lo- America fell in love with. And uh, the way that we use social media to interact with our fans by tweeting with them. It was just an incredible experience and pop culture phenomenon that no one could have predicted. Like, I didn't know it was going to be this incredible hit. And it did. It just kind of took off. Like, who would watch this TV show about a dance studio in Pittsburgh? Like, to me, that was like the most ludicrous thing (laughs) to hear. Like, that is really going to be a TV show and someone's going to watch it. And lo and behold, you have marathons and so so on and, you know, hundreds of countries. I think it's like over... What was that? It was an alien abduction. Did they take her away? They did. They're like, we don't want anyone to know what countries (laughs) we're in. Seriously. Does she have do we have to get her back? She's so smart and eloquent and I have so many questions. Oh no. Oh no. So how about that weather, guys? Mm, super humid today. I shouldn't have gotten super you started on the humid. weather. I was walking the dogs earlier and boy oh boy. <laughs> Don't say boy oh boy. Boy oh boy, it got me. <laughs> the heat, it just sucked the soul from my body. Um, yeah, I don't, why were those words so hard? There were some big ones in there. I think so. you got consummate good. I was waiting to see if you were, <laughs> I got consummate right, but I messed up the, what the, was a joke. <laughs> oh, I was like the what? <laughs> and dude, I've been this whole time. I'm like, say Nia, not Naya, say Nia. And then I came to the word and I was like, which was I not supposed to say? Yeah, but you said it right. But yeah, um, yeah, that show was a big piece of pop culture or is. And what a cool message, man. Like 
for people. So whatever. I was going to say this, but I'll just say it now. I don't know if we'll ever <laughs> use any of this. But like, I remember when I had kids, like my choices, because I was a stay at home mom and I was like, I'll just wait and see if we get her back. Oh. Now I love how people are commenting now in here. Meredith is so old. Guys, stop. Seriously. I just speak Please don't old. stop. <laughs> I'm just, I'm not really that old. I just, I'm. All right, I'm 97. I'm Benjamin Button. <laughs> Benjamin Button. <laughs> Did you just get that? Yeah. Do we have her back? I think Holly is back. I hear a ding dong. Oh, hi, I'm there back. There you are. Sorry <laughs> I, about that. I was like, we thought you were abducted by aliens, and then we thought maybe people didn't want you to come on the show because they didn't want us to know what how many countries Dance Moms was in, and then we just... I thought you were sick of our crap. Yeah. No, 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 never, 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 never. <laughs> so what I w wanted to say before we cut off is that um, when... I was a mom. Uh, I still am. <laughs> <laughs> when I was. But, uh, <laughs> in my former life. Once upon a time. Uh, but when my kids uh, were young, I thought, okay, this is all there is to me now. I am just a mother. I forgot who I was. I lost my identity. I was isolating in my house and depressed. And to hear um, about somebody like you who had these three incredible things to choose from who never lost sight of who she was and was able to be a wonderful mother and not lose her sight of her dreams. I think that's an amazing message for people who are in a slump and feel lost. Oh, I think you're absolutely right. I think as moms, you sometimes just get into a rut and you just go, it's life happens so fast and you just are so involved with your routine. You just keep going. And before you know it, another year has passed. And for me, it was one of the things I wanted to show my kids that even though they were like, why are you going back to school? It's because it was a dream of mine to have a doctorate. Like I always, it was like a mm. life goal, like a bucket list. I wanted to do it. I, I would be a professional student if I could afford to be. So for mm. me, that was something I very much wanted to, to do. And when I made the change from working full-time at a school and then going to work full-time for dance moms, it's something else I think was good for my kids to see that you're never too old to try something new and yes. to try something completely out of your landscape or your like how you see yourself. And I, I, I tell my kids too, like part of your journey as, as a person is fluid. You're not always going to be the same person that you think you are. Like you're always evolving. Like I didn't, I wasn't born a mother. Like you, like I, I was born in New York. I was a New Yorker and now I live in Pittsburgh and now I'm a mom. And then I was, a, I was a teacher, but lots of things that you have these different hats that you wear, you take them on and you off and they're kind of fluid and you add on these different identities and you figure things out. And then also informs your decisions and you kind of morph and change and your attitudes. I mean, there's still a core part of your personality and who you are, but then you become so much more than that. And you want to push yourself to do things like if you had told me 20 years ago, I would be a dance mom and I would be on reality TV or TV of any type. I would have laughed at you. That is so against any fabric of my personality at right. all. And I'm just so proud that I was able to be a part of something like that and to take a risk and not be afraid of the unknown. I, I think that's fantastic. I, wh where can we follow, where can everybody follow you and follow this journey? Oh my gosh. All of my social media handles are for the most part, like for Twitter and Instagram, it's very original dance mom, Holly. <laughs> That's what they are. <laughs> it's mm -hmm. dance mom, Holly. I haven't changed it. And then for Facebook, it's Dr. Holly Hatcher Frazier. And you wrote a book as well, right? Moments of Clarity. I did. I wrote that book in the middle of my dance mom's career. At some point, people had just said, you should write something. And then it's funny because I said I was going to write a book at one year and then I, like halfway through the year, my husband's like, so how's the book coming along? I'm like, what are you talking about? It was like October. He's like, well, you said you're writing a book this year. I'm like, oh, shoot. You took that seriously? I'm like, oh. I'm like, I, there's no book. So I quickly scrambled. I was like, okay, I'm going to do this. And it was just like, like just a lot of times people like some of the expressions I would say. 
mm-hmm. on the show. So I just use some of my expressions that I, I would say frequently in, ha- in my life, but they really come from my mother. Like a lot of things I say are elements of something my mother, Gwen Hatcher, has told me at some point in my life. Mm-hmm. So they're just like pearls of wisdom from my mom because I think she's like such an amazing role model and woman. Like she has like so much knowledge and just understanding people in life. And so much of what she says, uh, sometimes it sounds like, oh my gosh, that can't happen. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh my gosh, she was right. How did that happen? Um, But so I use a lot, I would say a lot of things that really came from her lips and I would just repeat them and people got a kick out of them. I think that's that's what the book is. It's just a novelty book. It's a night, but it's like, I love books that I can read in like digestible bites. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you can just kind of like nibble as you go and it doesn't have to be this big. <laughs> it's not I that big. That. It's not that deep. I, 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 oh. <laughs> you would love it. Well, <laughs> oh, stop it. Oh my God. No, but that's what I mean. I just, I think as moms too, because we lack time and the inability to get to do the things that we want to do all of the time because we're busy raising kids and working and all of this. When I do sit down with a book, I like, I like quick things. I like quick stuff. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. I like to flip and I like to go through and <sighs> I, I get what you're things. saying. You know what I mean? I call them chunks. Oh, yeah. I, I like to read books and when chunks. When I finish a book, I feel very accomplished. Like, yeah, me too. Book. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. Well, All right. Well, make sure that uh, you check her out on those socials uh, she provided. We'll include them in the description of the podcast that and, and whatnot. thing. But she's going to hang out with us for a little bit while we talk about other uh, parenting news. Meredith. Oh gosh, does that mean it's time for your joke? And Holly, yes. <laughs> How do you make a tissue dance? Oh, I know that. Oh, of course you do. What is it? <laughs> you put a little boogie in it. Oh my gosh. Ah. <laughs> so smart. <laughs> That's the first time my joke's ever been guessed. Yeah. You're kidding. Oh my gosh. Well, yes. uh, you mostly know, because well, I don't listen to her jokes, but no, I'm just kidding. They're usually pretty. Jokes. <laughs> That's great. Thank you. Oh my gosh, Tiff. All right. So today in trending news, uh, I thought this would be a really good one to to go over with Dr. Holly because of her role in Dance Moms, and I thought she might have a very unique perspective. So when I saw this in trending news, I wanted to save it for this episode. I was wondering what the connection was, but I think I see where you're going. Do you see where I'm going? Okay. So Weight Watchers is eyeing a new set of clientele, and that is children. There is a new app that Weight Watchers has introduced, and it um, it's called – so Weight Watchers now calls itself WW, which this week introduced a new app called Curbo, which is to help kids ages 8 to 17 reach a healthier weight. They – uh, they uh, um, debuted this app as a digital health startup whose system was based on Stanford University's pediatric obesity program. Adolescents track their food in Kerbo's free um, free app. A green, yellow, or red light grades what and how much of a food they eat. They then were able to consult a digital coach, which starts at $69 a month. Now, Weight Watchers uh, has taken a lot of heat and also seen a lot of praise for this app. And I thought that we could maybe discuss how we feel about it, what our thoughts are on it, because I have some. I know I know Tiffany has some, and I would assume you have some thoughts here on this, Dr. Holly. So yeah. why don't we start with you? What do you think about Weight Watchers introducing an app that is geared towards children ages 8 to 17? Wow. It was funny. I did not know that until I heard just now. I'm like, wow. Mm. Okay. So this is, it's oh, so complicated. So here's my initial, like initial, about my initial, um, I am a weight watcher. I love weight watchers. I, after my third kid, I joined it and I had tremendous success with weight watchers. So I'm a big believer in the program. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also was an adult when I did it and a mother of three and as a mom, see, as, I'm conflicted as an educator and as a mom. So there are so many things that run through my mind. So my initial reaction too is like I hear the $69 a month price tag and that gives me like, I gasp because that's a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it also just in terms of price tag attached to something with kids, I worry about that because it creates a greater divide 
for the has and the have nots. And that Mm -hmm. is problematic for me. Um, Mm -hmm. So I hate to see opportunities that could be good for kids or any kids being left out because of such $69 is a lot of money a month. Mm -hmm. Um, So that is one like initial drawing factor. Cause I'm like, as a teacher in me, I'm always thinking about, can we do this activity or not? Who can do it? Who cannot? Because it's going to eliminate a certain number of of children because they're not going to be able to afford to be able to do it. So that's my initial reaction just on a cost, um, just the cost of it. And the other part of it too is I struggle with, I go back and forth because as a mom and as an educator, I think kids should be educated as, as far as nutrition. I think there are elements of good nutrition, not necessarily about weight, but what does it mean to, to have this attitude of wellness and how to have a healthy lifestyle? So it's not just about food. It's about um, not good and bad food, but thinking about what are you taking into your body? What are you – like what's clean food? What's good for your body? As well as working out and keeping your body healthy and having a healthy lifestyle. And I think if you can give kids the tools in which to do that at a young age, then hopefully long term, they have lifelong skills that will help them so they aren't obese, that they don't have to join necessarily a Weight Watchers when they're 40 years old because they've developed really good habits and you know ways of thinking about food and lifestyle that would be really good for them. Um, at the same time, I also know that kids in the adolescent stages, as they're thinking about things and trying to fit in, I don't want to reinforce this image of what's a perfect body, um, what society tells them through ads, images, and if they don't see someone that looks like them, like that's, if you're not this, you're you're not beautiful. So mm-hmm. I don't want kids thinking that they have to fit a certain mold to be considered beautiful or healthy because healthy bodies and frames look very different. But I just would like for kids to see it from a, a broader perspective. And I don't know how it's rolled out or how it's introduced. It, there is a great possibility for positive messaging in the way that's applied. But I also know that adolescents sometimes with body image issues and uh, can take it to a way that may not be as healthy. So I think so, it has so let to be me interrupt monitored. you. Let me interrupt you there because – I love everything that you had to say about this. So what if I told you when you sign up for Kerbo, which is the app, you enter your name, height, weight, and gender, and then you choose your goal, which you're here are your goals, eat healthier, lose weight, make my parents happy, get stronger and fitter, have more energy, boost my confidence, or feel better in my clothing. So personally... Some of these are great and others made me want to crawl out of my skin. Exactly. I have the same reaction. Like I literally, when I read Make My Parents Happier, my body convulsed and it made me so angry because Mm -hmm. so many kids, especially during this stage and age in life, can start to develop these body issues And they can have such a problem when it comes to food and what they are putting into their bodies. And for me, it was like, wait, hold on. This has to be, do you think it's a way for them to find out whether or not the person doing the app is only doing it because their parents made them? I I think that it's a legitimate concern that, that, you know, I think some people are putting pressure onto their kids. And, you know, and telling them, like, if you were skinny, you'd be happier. And, to, like, I'm I'm positive there are parents out there that are saying that. And oh, I can absolutely. Tell, and I, I can I tell agree. you that, um, uh, that they're th- – that it makes me sad that the app – I don't know what they're using it to identify them as, but I can tell you that it's definitely a, a marker. And, and it maybe makes me they're very using sad. it to – like if you click something, then they can actually use it as a sound, like to say, "Oh, this you need further counseling or something like that." Yeah, Maybe it takes that's you what to I'm hoping. Stage. I would hope Maybe. so. But I would hope I, so. Just, just hearing that makes my it makes me. I'm shocked. That is appalling. But I think there so, are families that are. It, it is like that, and I think that kids are under tremendous pressure. Not just, and I use you know society, but I think in their own homes, they're feeling that pressure. And there's so few things that kids can control that can control 
their food and their homework. Like you can't make kids like ultimately there's so few things in life that kids can control and they can control what and they don't, what they eat and what they don't eat. And they can control whether they do homework or not. You can't actually and make I, a kid do homework. And I and love, you, yes, I'm sorry to inter- interrupt you, but I love what you had to say as well about the haves and the have nots with having such a big price tag on this for a monthly app because. But it's optional, right? That's if you want to consult with a coach. Right. So, but here's the thing. And, you know, I'm a former educator. Dr. Holly is a, is a extremely intelligent and well-decorated former educator with a master's and a doctorate and everything under the sun. But what I can tell you as an as a former teacher, a lot of our kids as well are fed two meals a day, breakfast and mm-hmm. lunch. And that's because the schools provide those meals and those meals are based on a 2,000-calorie diet, which means the schools have to pack 2,000 calories and two meals a day that these kids are eating. And they're not necessarily the best food choice for them, but they have to give them those amount of calories because when they go home, they might not be fed. So there's a whole other problem that's systemic that comes into play here that leads to potential childhood obesity and other issues, childhood type 2 diabetes and other things that come in that we don't even have time to – because I'm getting exacerbated already. (laughs) But – and, and it makes me so upset because what else is no. But listen, there's more. But what what really gets me is when you and you're right, Dr. Holly, if the parents aren't teaching them um what is a nutritious food and to get out and exercise cuz it's like you you know, you you can you can uh play a, on a free sports team if that's something that's in your in your town or area or you could spend that $69 a month on on a on a T-ball or a a basketball registration or a whatever and get your kids out there, get them playing, make sure they're moving. You know, like there's so many things that we could be doing for our kids and making them telling them that they need to be thin is not one of them. Telling them mm-hmm. that they need to be healthy, telling them that they should make good choices because moving forward they don't want to grow up and have heart disease and well, can diabetes. I, can I say something just Please. really quick? Please. I got, sorry. I just, I, I that's okay. Sideways. I probably have an unpopular opinion, but, uh, when I was a kid, I was a latchkey kid. So my parents were gone all the time. I was by myself. So it was free reign. I could eat and drink whatever the heck I wanted to. And I had no idea what nutrition was. My mm-hmm. parents weren't necessarily nutrition experts either. They weren't, you know, so if if there was something out there, if I was interested in changing but didn't know how to go about it and there was an app that could keep me accountable um, and help me set goals and stuff like that, I probably would have been interested in it. Now, years uh, eight years old is a little young, you know what I mean? But also, like, here's the deal. If somebody can spend their time on an app where they shoot other people, they could spend their time on an app where they just watch videos of other people opening slime, or they can have an app where they learn about nutrition and set goals. I don't think it's horrendous. I think it depends on the kid. You know, you know your kid, you know their habits, you know what you're, what it's like. If you have a kid who is obese, who won't listen to you, maybe trying an app and having them see for themselves wouldn't be so bad. I don't think that's an unpopular. Yeah, I don't think that's an. I think that you Meredith was about to think that. No, no, no. I think you made a lot of good points with that. But I also think once again, the the, your point hinges on parental involvement with a parent who is loving and says, "Hey, let's do this together. Let's talk about making good choices. Let's talk about nutrition. Let's talk about why it's important that we get out and we exercise thirty to sixty minutes a day." And unfortunately. Um, okay, but imagine as a teenager, your mom coming in your room and sitting on your bed and being like, hey, buddy, let's go jog around the block together. You'd be like, mom, get the hell out of my room. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I make my kid go to the gym with me in the morning before school. You have a great kid, though. But I do that. But but we're also. But um, but I I am we're we're big into um exercise and we're big into, we made a huge health shift in our home a couple of years back. And so it's been a big focus in our house and it, but it's not like, but our kids still have, um, ice cream and popcorn and because I believe in moderation and we believe that you, if you take something away and you call it a cheat, then it demonizes it. So Mm -hmm. we don't say we're going to cheat and eat this. We say, let's have ice cream. Because it's Saturday night and we're going to sit in front of the TV and, and watch movies and eat ice cream. So I think it's all about your approach as well. 
Do you know, you know what I mean? But I agree that I think you made some good points, Tiffany, that, that if we could have, if we can have an app that is teaching our kids the right way to do things, then yeah. Okay. But I think that there are some definite problems with this app. Yeah. Number one, I want to make my parents happy and love me. And if I'm skinny, they will. And I read into that. that. There's got to be more. So I hope so. I hope so. I hope so. Yeah. I hope so too. Anything else to add? I think we, I mean, we could do, we could do a, a year's podcast on this because I think that there's so many different ways that this could go off. Um, but I just want people to love their kids, love your kids exactly as they are. And if they, if they have a problem and it's related to food or diet or an issue like that, talk with them and talk with your doctor and, you know, make it fun and make it, you know, my husband gets the kids in the kitchen and they cook with him on the nights that he cooks dinner. My youngest son, who's eight, he loves to go in and chop vegetables and cook with dad. And I know that not everybody has time at night to sit and cook with their kids. I get that. Believe me, I do. But it's it's caused our kids to eat a ton more vegetables because it's like I made this. Now he's spit out Brussels sprouts. I can't make the kid eat them. He tells me they taste like farts. Oh. But... <laughs> It's introduced a lot of things. So I'm just saying, and as an ex-PE coach. I love how you throw that out every chance you get. I loved, I loved. As a former dodgeball champion. Correct. I would like to say. I just think it's great if we could talk to our kids about making healthy eating choices as well as being active because you know my love for dodgeball. Yes. Sorry, but it's true. All All right. What's next? Okay. Parenting crap. All right. Let's see. So since it's back to school, I thought we could talk a little bit because people are always asking about our take on or what we do or how we combat or how we handle bullying. And so there was this article that was trending recently. It says, are we doing enough to prevent bullying in schools? No. Well, there's no federal laws against bullying, but most states and school districts do have policies against aggressive behavior. But what should we be doing actually to combat it or how should we be dealing with it? Because it says about 20% of students or one in five report being bullied at school. And I know as a former educator, um, absolutely that, you know, bullying happens. You know, were we bullied 20 years ago, 30 years ago, 40 years ago, 50 years ago in school? Absolutely. Yes. But I think the thing that is different today is the fact that these kids are bullied in school, um, on social media, you know, through cyber bullying. And it just doesn't, there's no break from the bullying. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like the I worst thing mm-hmm. when you when you used to get bullied when we were in school back in the olden days, Tiffany, because <laughs> Tiffany says I'm so old back in the olden <laughs> days, you could get a crank phone call where they would call and hang up. But that was as far as the bullying outside of school could go, really, because they now you can get hit on your what are the whippersnappers doing these days? Oh, the TikTok, Yes. Mm-hmm. The Snapchat. I don't have any of these accounts, by the way, but Tiffany does. Um, the Instagram We're five years apart. I know yet somehow there's a huge divide. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because what you were going to make a joke about how old I am. I was, but, um, so what do you think about, what do you think about bullying in schools? Do you think schools are doing enough? Do you think that it's just an epidemic and you know, is there a handle on it? Is there not? What are your thoughts on bullying? Because it's obviously it's one in five are reporting it. It's probably more than that because they say most kids don't even report being bullied. Mm. I think schools are not doing enough. Absolutely not. And you know what? So it's, it's sad because I think they're, look, bullying has happened since like, since we've known it. And I think people will will rely like, well, I was bullied in schools. It's just part of life, but the world has changed significantly and the stakes are higher. And the way that kids respond and react to bullying definitely is not the same as when we were kids as as well. And I think we also have more knowledge now. And because we have more knowledge, there's more that we can do to combat bullying. I think there needs to be more professional development for faculty um, as well as students and bystanders. And there's so much that can be done rather than saying, oh, it's, it's happened before. It's part of life. It doesn't have to be. And the fact that there are no federal laws against it just almost – enables and empowers and says it's okay and it's not okay and for me one of the things that I found like astounding like 
bullies are going to do things where they know no adults are going to see it. Like they don't usually do it out in the open where adults see, can, where they can be found and can be seen. Right. So I think the more that we empower other kids when they do see bullying happen to be supportive, to speak up, not to be a passive bystander. The research shows that the bully usually stops. So most people are afraid to say anything because they don't want to be the one who's being bullied. But if everyone does something or speaks up, their strength in numbers, the bully is not going to do, is not going to react and attack everybody in the school in that way. Right. So I, I think we need to do, be more empathetic and teach our kids more about empathy and just being more responsible as a society rather than just being like turning, you know, looking the other way and just breathing a sigh of relief. That's not you. Right. We just had a, we just had a viewer comment and they said, if we, if we taught Marilyn, I think it was said, if we teach our children empathy and what it means to be empathetic beings, we would have less bullying because they would understand. And I think that that's, that hits the nail on the head and you had just touched on it before we said that because I, it was hard for me to be empathetic to parents prior to having children of my own, because I think part of empathy is understanding it and going through because you went through it. So I think with these kids, I don't really know. I think we just have to do a better job as parents to teach empathy. I think that's hard. I think sometimes it's hard to teach kids how to be empathetic. And I think that's probably why you see a lot of that at that age. Maybe, I don't know, am I rambling here? But do you know what I mean? Like, how do you teach empathy? It can be taught. I think think it is is hard to teach, but I think there are elements of it as as schools, as parents, what it means to think and have compassion and Mm -hmm. to think about others' feelings. And one of the things when I was at Winchester Thurston was like, think of also the comforts and rights of others. That was so much a motto of the school and a framework in which that we worked. Like, it's not just about you, but it's about how others in your surrounding might feel. So just having that mindset switches things in a way that you approach life and that you think about other people, not just yourself. It, it's hard, but it can be done. Yeah. I, yeah, I think you're right. I think it's, it, I think it's one of those things that you have to be proactive about teaching and it has Absolutely. to be the forethought. Like you're like, we're, you know, and, and intentional. I, you just have to be intentional in your Intentional. Practice. That's the word I was looking for. You do need to be intentional. And I, and it's okay. I think to say, Hey, look, we need to talk about empathy and we need to talk about what it's like to be um, to care about others and why that's important. Uh, we were just talking about it today. There was a radio DJ this morning was, um, they were, they were giving themselves personal ratings based on their physical appearance, their personality, their favorite physical attribute of themselves and their humor. And they were rating them and then coming up with an average score for themselves. And my daughter looks at me and she goes, why are they rating how they think they look or how they think their personality is. And I said, I don't know, honey, it's just, it's just something, it's just something that they're doing on, it's silly. And she goes, yeah, it does sound silly. And I said, do you know how I'd like, I said, first of all, I think you're all tens. This is what I said to my kids. And my daughter goes, well, that's because you're our mom. And I go, yes, but I said, if you ask me my true opinion about this, if we were going to rate ourselves, how I want you to rate you is how big is your heart? How kind are you to others? Mm-hmm. How how do how do we treat others? These are the things that I want you to rate on because how you look, your best physical attribute doesn't mean anything. It's how we treat mm-hmm. each other and how much we love each other and what we would do for others. That's what makes you a 10. And, right. you know, of course my kids are normal kids. And so my daughter is like, oh, I know. And my son's like, you're not a 10, you're a one. And I'm like, oh my God, just stop it. Be nice to each other. Love each other. And I'm screaming, love each other into the back seat, right? And then I'm screaming, make good choices. And I'm kicking them out of the van. But I think it's, I think it's, I think it's really hard because it's prevalent in our school, school systems. Actually, there are cities across the country now that are proposing their own regulations to combat bullying by charging a fine. When a student is being, um, in, when a student is being labeled a bully in school, they're bringing the parents and the student in, and they're charging fines. One county is charging a three hundred and thirteen dollar fee to bullies. Love it. They're wow. saying literally this. There's a bill that came into existence after a student writing notes um, urged a seventh grader to kill themselves online. Oh my gosh! The school district in Wisconsin proposed 
this this fine and they say if you're caught bullying another child in written form on social media at school in any way, shape, or form, we can find your parents and you to pay the school up to uh, $313. I love that. So there are, there, what I'm yeah. saying is there, there are other things outside of federal law. These counties and cities are taking it into their own hands and they're saying, yes, we have to stop this. It's a problem. If the federal government isn't going to help us out here, we'll do things on our own. I mean, I can't even, Which makes I can't, sense. Mm-hmm. yeah, it's crazy. So Agreed. Do you have anything else? Agreed. To add? Nope. You guys covered Ms. it, Miss Tiff. <laughs> She's like, <laughs> yeah. I I'm think... just thinking about all the kids I'm gonna have to lock in my trunk for bullying my kids. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing. As a parent, you don't want like to see your kid go through it. It's heartbreaking, mm-hmm. and I've watched my kids go through it, and it's like there's you oh, can't you haven't do anything added... as a parent. It's hard. Like I never want to thought be able about to that. say something. So it's really yeah. hard as a parent to watch your child go through it. And well, your kid was what on do you TV. Say to confront them. Yeah, that's yeah. Tough. Wait, was she bullied while on the show online? I'm sure there everybody had to be is something because everybody absolutely. is absolutely. And so often people are like, "Oh, your life is perfect. You have this going on." And like, but no, there. She's a regular kid like everybody else. She has faced that, and in some ways, it's in a very public domain. Yeah. And so, it, like, yeah. it's very painful to watch. And to see that happen to your child and what do you, like, what kind of tools do you give them to be resilient? A taser. And in the face of it. No. (laughs) Sorry. (sighs) Okay, I'm done. (laughs) Now Tiffany is admitting to locking kids in in trunks and tasing them. Oh my god! Those, those thoughts probably have crossed the minds of parents because I'm no sure. parent wants it. Right? Of course. My kid was my kid was pantsed in fifth grade by a girl <gasps> on the um, on the playground. He was, oh. and he didn't tell the teacher either. Another kid who saw it went and told the teacher, and I remember asking him about it and he didn't want to he didn't want to talk about it he was so embarrassed Mm -hmm. and then the teacher called me and they asked me they were like what what do you want us to do and I was like you know I I have faith that you guys will deal with this appropriately I'm glad that it's being dealt with I will talk to my child um because they were like do you want to meet with the other parent and I was like I don't think that's a good idea I think Mm -hmm. that my feelings are very raw and I'm a very mm-hmm. loud person and I was not feeling super empathetic at that moment. So I was like, <laughs> you can deal with that other parent. Please know that I will be speaking with my child about what happened. And, and I was happy. I was happy that he didn't retaliate, obviously, right. but I was unhappy that he didn't tell me. Right. So then we talked about, Hey bud, like, and he was really embarrassed because it was from a girl. Right. So there was an issue, you know, but yeah, but I've, but I've had that happen and, and, you know, it is hard because I, 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 in that moment, I was definitely feeling like Tiffany, like, do I have to go kick a kid? But you can't, <laughs> right? Like, you can't just kick other people's children. So, no, you can't. No, and I tell so, myself all the time, like, that's somebody else's child. Like, you know, when you right. see someone do, like, somebody yeah. hurt your child in some way, and I'm like, okay, but that is a kid still, Holly. I'm like, okay, that's still a kid. But you know, <laughs> right you just in. have to, it's just a kid. So you I have can't. to talk yourself off the ledge. But right. you, as a mom, your instinct is to protect your children. The mama bear comes out, of course. Yeah. And I thought it was, I was proud of myself for knowing that in that moment, because when she said, do you want to come in and meet with the other parent? All of me was like, yes, and I'm going <laughs> to tell her what's wrong with her kid. And then I was proud of myself for being like, not a good idea. You know yourself well enough to know this won't end well. And so I didn't. And so I feel like I made the right choice there. But yeah. What's the matter? Stop. I know. It's terrible. Let's not talk about that. All right. So moving on. What do we got next, Tiffany? Marriage. Love. Look at us just... Being so good at reading these ads <laughs> my today. My butt hurts, man. I know your butt hurts. Do you want to talk about that instead of this last segment or what? <laughs> kind of. Do you kind of want to talk about it? She is a doctor, but... I don't think that she's the type of doctor that deals with this, but... What do you know about butt abscesses? Oh, <laughs> oh my okay. gosh. <laughs> all right, fine. We'll move on. Sorry. As Nia oh, says, I'm not a real doctor. My kids tell me all the time, like, you're not a real doctor. I'm like, okay. Oh, well, that did hurt. they... 
Yeah, that yeah. No. I would throw my degree at their faces. <laughs> Once again, we're back to hitting kids. Sorry. Kicking kids and throwing things. All right. So this is a, a a hotly debated topic, and I'm sure it's been debated since anybody was having children. Um, but this this article was trending recently that said, Why my children will always come second to my marriage. And so I basically read this article and then I base I thought we could talk about it and say is it possible for your kids to come second? Do people do this? Is this something that we should be doing? We should not be doing? What are our thoughts on putting our spouse first and our children second? Because if we're being honest... What does that mean to put your spouse first? So what does that mean to put your spouse first? There you go. So it. Um, do you know Aisha Curry? Yeah. I know, right? So she's... Um, she took some heat for this when she made headlines for talking about it. Um, a couple years back where she said, the reason that I feel like my marriage is super successful is because we put each other first, even before the kids. And it sounds tough and it is, but it's necessary for your marriage in order to survive. And she talked about date nights and getaways and taking trips and talking with their talking with her spouse about every decision, whether it was marriage uh, uh, or or parenthood or what they were doing. And um, I think it's I think it's widely debated because a lot of people say, how am I supposed to put my marriage first if I can't if we can't do date nights? How am I supposed to put my marriage first if there's never a chance for a getaway? How am I supposed to put my marriage first if I'm a stay at home parent and all I do is deal with my kids all the time? So what do you think about this, Dr. Holly? I think it is a lovely idea and theory. (laughs) I think I think in theory it's a beautiful idea. It's the thing you would tell your kids as they're getting older, like to aspire to. In reality, I just, I, I don't know. I'm just like a, a regular mom, regular wife. I, I don't see that happening. I mean, I'd like to say it does, but I think when you have little ones or not so little ones, like, a, like they're not adults. They need someone to help them, whereas your spouse is an adult and they yeah. probably function. Are they though? Are up. they? <laughs> Are they an adult? What, but what do I mean? What maybe. is it? My mm-hmm. husband just said maybe. Maybe. Is so, it like, maybe. hey, kids? I don't know. You have to so, make your own dinner tonight. Mommy and daddy are making out. Well, yeah. Like, what does it mean? <laughs> wow. I don't know what it means mm. to put your spouse first. I think there's Avert seasons. Your gaze, children. It's fluid. Mom and dad are going to tongue kiss. Like, gross. Well, you got to put your right, husband first. <laughs> um, right, but I think what you were just saying is true. I think. Everything has its se- has a season. So I can tell you that I absolutely did not put my husband first when any of my children were running around in diapers or being potty trained. That's where I'm at, girl. They're not even, not even, and, and I know he was jealous and he acted out, although he was an adult, he acted out and would get like <laughs> snotty with me and then I would get snotty back and it was because we definitely weren't spending any type of quality time. But it's like when you're in the trenches of parenthood, and you've got kids crapping on the floor. How are yeah. you supposed to put anything before that? Like I got to, because you're literally cleaning up poop off of well, your. You're items. in survival mode. It's and so when pure you're in survival, survival mode. It's it's yep. different. And so I'm in. I feel like we're each in a different season on this call. So I think that's great because Tiffany is still in the trenches. Is everybody potty trained? At your house, Tiffany? Uh, mostly. Pretty but- much, right? Chloe was the last one, and she's doing pretty good. Yeah, unless it's nighttime. Nighttime. Well, that doesn't count. I still piss the bed sometimes. Okay. Um, <laughs> but I'm in that second phase, right? Because I have a eighth grader, a fifth grader, and a third grader. So I'm kind of in that second stage where everybody is pretty much self-sufficient, but I'm still frequently breaking up fights and there's a lot of yelling and a lot of um, negotiating and a lot of um, take this kid to this sport and this kid to that. And you got to go do this. And did you remember signups and whatever? And you're in this next phase now because you said you have. She has three kids, two college, boys and a girl, right? College yes. age. Co- college age. And what's your, and what two, are your. And I'm two high schoolers. I have. Yes. Yeah, so a junior, a senior in high school and then a junior in college. Okay. I was trying to make it look like I knew stuff. No, you were well, no, we, You were guys we, out on we, target. Yeah. You did. You're doing a lot. Your first son is super tall, right? He's huge. He's like six. To me, he's huge. He's like six two, six two, six three. That's big. That's pretty tall. Yeah. Mia's the shortest um, one in the family. She's five five. 
are you serious? She's the shortest Aww. one. Yeah. That's actually above girl. that's but five five is actually above average height for a female. And that's um, what we tell her. Yeah, it is actually. Five <laughs> and LA, four she feels like is a the giant. How tall are you? I'm, I'm yeah, six how tall feet. are you? Shut the front door. Oh, that's door. right. I knew that. We met. I'm tall. Yeah, yeah you are a very tall I'm, woman. I'm really tall. Your whole family, my- though, was. You met. We did. Yeah, Wait, so you guys did. have a relationship behind my back that I don't even know about? <laughs> yes, that one March. time that we met. Yeah, yeah, at breakfast, that one time. She doesn't remember. She's trying to be nice, Meredith. She, she no doesn't remember. No. Yeah, we met no. at Disney. Yes, I know. I told her that, but she's like, um, you didn't actually meet her. And I was like, I legitimately met the woman and her family, but okay, cool. But yeah. So anyway, I feel like when you're, the seasons change and some, so then things come up, but, but we were just, my husband and I were just talking. We haven't even really recently taken a trip without our kids in years. We always like we always have our kids. There's never right. just like this getaway moment. Even when you're when you're moving on, I bet you and your husband could do that now. I don't know if you do, but you could leave. We could, and now we. It's easier to do that now, as long as we have ideas like, okay, can't leave the house unattended with teenagers here. But where could we? Like, we could do like a small getaway. And we feel better about doing that. So. A staycation. You could you could get a hotel in the same town right. and still be keeping tabs, but still kind of have. But, but just, put hidden cameras in your house before you go. Right. <laughs> Problem solved. <laughs> yeah. So that's not, like, no wild parties while we're going mm-hmm. away. And we have right. our 25th anniversary is coming up and we're already planning like, okay, for our 25th anniversary, we're going to go on a trip, just the two of us. There right. you go. So, so yeah. we're already thinking about that. So, But I do easier. think it's hard. I think the theory of it sounds wonderful and it's like it's going to be amazing and everything is going to be great and blah, blah, blah. But then the reality hits. And, and you have to it steal is, those moments. Like there was one weekend where I was in L.A. My husband was here and my, my oldest was in college and Nia was in Coachella and my youngest was home. He ended up staying with a friend for the weekend and Evan flew out to L.A. just like for like it was like 48 hours. It wasn't even like a full, full weekend. But we just kind of made that time just like, okay, we're going to steal this moment. You just have to take those moments when they happen. Yes. Agreed. Agreed. Oh, geez, Louise. My husband was just like, I always put my wife first. Okay. (laughs) In line to be butchered. (laughs) Those are good brownie points. Those are good. No, my husband is actually, um, he's a great gift giver and he's very considerate. Um, but he also leaves the toilet seat up. So I fall into, um, toilet water, uh, quite frequently in the middle of the night and then scream at him. But he's, he's much better than I, when it comes to a lot of those things. But I think you also have to, I think a good marriage is marrying probably your polar opposite (laughs) because we're so different. We balance each other out. Like I couldn't marry me. That would be awful. (laughs) He'll vouch for that. Right. But like. I also feel like I do things for him. Um, I'll think of some at some point that are beneficial. So, you know, it's, it, you got to balance it out. And we're actually going, we're actually going on our anniversary. We are going away. No kids. Cool. Yay! So that is going to happen. And that will be our 16 year anniversary next October, this October. You're not <laughs> leaving them with me. We're leaving them with Tiffany. She didn't know until today. Yay. <laughs> nope. No, but any, any hoozle. So, um, yeah. So thank you for joining us. It was wonderful having you here. I did want to extend. And while I had you on the podcast, do it publicly. Um, if you are in town, uh, Dr. Holly in Pittsburgh on September 7th, I'd love to have you and your husband come to my show. I'm doing a um, comedy event on September 7th in Pittsburgh. In Pittsburgh. Oh, that's so wonderful. Oh my gosh, so I'm going to check my if, calendar to see if I'm in town. I'm so excited. Check your calendar. If you're in town, I would love for you to join us. I'll send you the information. I'm just okay, plugging please. my own stuff here and being like, hey. She's like, oh, that's so wonderful. No, I'm not going to be there, no. though. <laughs> just oh, saying. You're not going to be there, Tiffany? You're not going to Tif- make it? Tiffany uh, can't come, no. No, I'm Aww. busy that day. You're such a jerk. <laughs> Sleeping. Thank you so much for taking the time, spells. though. No, yeah. I'm so thankful that you invited me to be a part of it. It was so much fun. 
Hopefully yeah. I didn't talk too much, but I really enjoyed no. it. You, Meredith, was doing all the talking. What Shit. do you mean? Why are you so mean to me? I just love you so much. So tell us again one more time where to find you, where people can go. I think you have a lot of really great stuff to say, and I would like people who need inspiration Aww, to hear. Oh, you're so sweet. Well, hopefully people find what I have to say interesting or not. But it's Dance Mom Holly on Instagram and Twitter, and then Dalka Holly Hatcher Frazier on Facebook. Awesome. Well, thank you again for joining us and everybody here who listened in on this week's episode of Take It or Leave It. I I don't have the last page. It's the same every week, Tiffany. Thank you. Don't say the show is... This one. Read next to your name. Hey, guys. Join us next week for another episode of Take It or Leave It, an advice-ish podcast hosted by two struggling moms who, who have, have no, no idea, idea what, what we're, we're doing. doing. Thank you, guys. <laughs> I know we we read ads sometimes. We do it every week. No, oh. we've never done one properly. But every week we read ads. We <laughs> just don't effort. ever do it properly. But thanks for joining us. Yeah, thank and you. And we appreciate you. And as Tiffany would say, love your face. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye guys. Bye.